Um, today had a bit of everything. Like, like, seriously everything. Like, every, like, like, what does that even mean? It had a bit of everything. A anything you can imagine to expect from watching a tennis match. Today's slate in Rome, quarterfinals day, had a bit of everything. And I'll explain that to you in a second once we look at the eight matches of the four four women's quarterfinals and the four men's quarterfinals that took place today in Rome. Um, there was a bit of everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, the impressive, the tanking, the choking, the comebacks, uh, everything. We had rats in display. We had, we had people that sort of, uh, what do you call it? Um, who, um... What do you call it, like, when someone, like, always beats you and then, like, a revenge game? There we go. We had a, you know what, we had a revenge game, we had chokes, throws, we had front running, we had retirements. Um, we had a little bit of choking, as always. We had some collapses. Uh, we had the obnoxious crowd. They're, they're absolutely everything. We had the strategically uh, timed medical timeouts. Absolutely everything today. Um... And if you missed it, or if you feel like that wasn't the case, or, or you feel like you weren't aware of something, then, then I guess that is the purpose of our recap. We'll look at every game from today um, and see what went down. Um, I'll try my best to be as honest as I can. Uh, I've never had to say this before, but, you know, because certain players played today, I, I I have to make an extra effort to, to be as unbiased as I can. Did I say it? Did I just say I'm going to try to be as biased as I can? I meant unbiased, sorry. That was um, a total slip. Okay. So to start off our day in Rome, again, um, Zverev and Sabalenka played first again, just like yesterday. Uh, just like in the in the third round or the round of 16, um, Sabalenka and Zverev played in, in the morning session, and just like yesterday as well, uh, they both won. Sabalenka beat Anisimova. Sabalenka uh, was 0-3 versus Anisimova in the last five weeks alone. In the last five weeks, Anisimova had beaten Sabalenka three times. All on clay, I think. Was it three times? I think, sorry, this I think this was their third meeting. They played in Madrid. Yeah, that's right. They played in Madrid and Charleston, and Anisimova won both. Uh, and now, today, here in Rome, uh, Sablenka beat her from a set down. How about that? Um, like I was saying from previous days, it was really hard to make an assessment of how good or, or how poorly or just what level Anisimova was playing at because uh, her. if you looked at her last three matches, and I made a tweet about this, highlighting this, her last three matches, going back to her last match in Madrid where she lost to Alexandrova, got blown off the court by Alexandrova, looked really bad. Uh, first round, Bencic played like shit and then tanked, and Isimova only had to win one set, and that was it. Um, and then the third round, Daniel Collins uh, did some very... Uh, I mean, I guess you... Uh, I'd say it was uncat. Uh, I'd say it was, I'd, uh, wow. I'd say it was uncharacteristic what Daniel Collins did. Um, but no, recently I feel like, she, uh, or if, if historically even, if you look at Collins, 
she does sort of put in these very uh, questionable sort of performances from time to time. Um, but why it would seem uncharacteristic is because, like, when you see her on her game, you're like, oh, okay, wow, like, this is Collins. And then if you catch her on a, on a bad day, which isn't very uncommon these days, I feel like, um, it's really bad. And it's a, it's a drastic, it's a, uh, wow, I really, wow, I, I, I cannot speak English. It's a drastic difference. Um, so really, yeah, I wasn't buying that Nisimova hype, and look, this head-to-head -head stuff... I mean, it's nothing really that Anisimova does that troubles Sabalenka. Um, I mean, yeah, Anisimova uh, deals well with um, Sabalenka's rhythm, uh, pace, and sort of tempo. She she has a good read on it, and and that's the sort of thing that would, you know, attribute or or, or contribute, I guess, to a good matchup for a player. If 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 you're having an easy time figuring out their pace, figuring out their rhythm, that means like that's advantage you. Uh, maybe against another opponent, even if they're not quite as good. Um, maybe you can't really figure out their rhythm, or you sort of struggle, um, you know, adjusting or dealing with their tempo or something like that. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, that does help the matchup in Anisimova's favor for a little bit, but it's, it's nothing, uh, you know, ver it's nothing significant, right? Um, and I feel like Sabalenka, there are two meetings in Charleston, uh, those Sabalenka days were rough, even though there were signs of promise. In uh, Madrid, very rough. As a defending champion as well, very rough. But having watched Sabalenka in the past, in, in, you know, in the past, excuse me, in the past matches in Rome before the, uh, she met Anisimova, um, Shuai Zhang, unimpressive emo uh, opponent, but very impressive win. Jesse Pegula, probably not her, not at her best due to fatigue, but a player playing really well and and an impressive performance against a player that's been impressing. Now I don't know if you think this is unreasonable, but I think Pegula and Anisimova are sort of kind of on the same level, and and you'd probably put them in the same category of uh, like in the same tier, you know. So. Maybe, yes, I am biased as Sabalenka, but I really do feel like, um, like, yeah, this was a, a, a good bet. Um, it's not really a matchup problem, even though the head's head was really lopsided. Like, 4-0 against a player, like, that's not really a fluke. Even though it can be, like, it, it can be a coincidence, even though if it happened, like, 1-0, okay, you can't put, like, put much talk into that. 2-0, uh, maybe 3-0, and, and then it's like, you're asking some questions like, does does this girl just own you? Like, are you this girl's dog? 4-0, it's like, uh-huh. Um, but now it's 4-1. Um, it's now 4-1, but I feel like Sabalenka would be favored every time they play. And I don't, I don't know. I, I really think, like, um, yeah. That's the thing, That's the thing again, with heads-to-heads, like... Yeah, it's it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, there are exceptions. There are some that make you go like, huh? And maybe it's like surface dependent. And maybe like these matches were from like five, six years ago, even though that's not the case between Anisimova and, and Sabalenka. But generally speaking, like some players have like, let's say there's a player, she's 4-0 against another player, but uh, that was like 2014, 2013. And now they're playing like eight, nine, ten years later. Um, you know what I mean? So... It's very situational, head-to-head, -head and things like that, or rivalries. 
Um, and there, there's not many uh, rivalries in women's tennis uh, these days. Um, even though some people in the media or the or the like at WTA Twitter themselves uh, like to sort of push narratives or whatever, but I currently I don't think there are any rivalries uh, at the moment. Cause like to have a rivalry, like you both have to be really good. You both have to be like constantly very good. You both have to be at the same level currently. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, like that is a rivalry because they were all good all the time at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a rivalry. Um. But for the women these days, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Because, like, the turnover just seems so high, like, in the top ten. Um, like, in, like, the winner's circle. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's an uh, Wow, that's an interesting one. I don't think there's a riv rivalry. Um, there's something else I want to talk about, but I'll, I'll, I'll cover this match first, and that'll be sort of a good... Um, segue into into this next topic or, or like side note that I'd like to discuss. Okay, so next match, wow, uh, Iga Swiatek versus uh, Queen B, Bianca Andreescu. Um, this match alone had everything. Like, forget the slate. I told you this slate had everything. It feels like this match alone had absolutely everything. It had comebacks sort of it had the very high level at the same time neck and neck uh, closely contested tennis every point every game felt like it was worth a million points a million games it had the tanks it had the throws it had the chokes it had the whatever you want this match had everything final score uh, ego 7-6 six, six love um, first Iga led by a break in the set and then Queen B broke back and then led by a break in the set and then had a chance for 4-2 and then uh, got broken back and then Iga led by a break uh, served for the set uh, and then Queen B broke back and da 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 5-5 tie break uh, one way traffic in the tie break and then from there on it's you, you know how it goes you, you know how it goes when you lose a long, tense, closely contested set, you know how it goes. Six love. Usually, look, usually I say six two or worse. Six one, maybe. Seven six, six love. I mean, from six six in the first set, literally, the, the cl like, like the first set could not have been closer. Literally, like it's six six. At six, it's it's not seven five. It's not six. It's six six. Like like this match, like literally cannot be any any closer than this. Six six, and then you lose seven straight, and the match is finished. I mean, uh, tennis is kind of brutal like that. And you know, you play like a like an eighty minute set, and it was all for nothing. You don't get anything out of it. It is kind of brutal. But what you have to do is reset and then try and go again next set. Okay. Seven six six love Igesh Um 
and there are, there are two things I want to say, and I don't want to spend too much time because there are like six more matches to get to, and I'd also like to talk about other things, and I'd also like to look at tomorrow, obviously. Okay. Um, but there's one thing I talk about. Okay, first thing, if you guys remember my definition, what is a rat? I use the word all the time. I call players rat. Rat. Oh, she's a rat. Oh, I hate rats. Oh, she's the biggest rat. Um, what is a rat? A, a rat. Uh, to put it, one one of the many de definitions. There there are many things that could constitute to you or a player being a rat. But <coughs> one of my um, most popular definitions that I like to use is um, a rat is a player who during the match are playing at a certain level, let's call it 8 out of 10. And their opponent is also playing at an 8 out of 10 level. Um, so, you know, hypothetically speaking, these players are both playing at the same level, so you'd expect that this match would be relatively close, and, you know, it would swing one way or another by the finest margins. They're playing at the same level, 8 out of 10. This is totally hypothetical. Now the rat... Is playing 8 out of 10, the opponent's 8 out of 10. Now when the rat's opponent drops their level from 8 to 7.5, the rat's level goes from 8 to 10. Why? Because they saw that either their opponent was struggling, or that their opponent is hurt, or that their opponent is tired. And that basically flips the switch inside of their rat brain. And and, and, the, and, and look, and, 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 and note here. Like, notice this. Their opponent went from 8 to 7.5. That's that's a half point difference in level. But the rat goes from 8 to 10 to the, to the max. Let's say they started, hypothetically speaking, let's say they both started 5 out of 10. And then the rat's opponent went from a 5 out of 10 level to 4 out of 10 at some point in the match. The rat goes from 5 out of 10 to 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, they go, they look, 2015 Serena Williams. That's, that's, that's a rat. And, 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 and it's like, and you tell me like, well, well like, what does that even mean? Like, it's just, no, 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 pl like, please listen carefully. I'll continue, I'll, I'll try and, and, and be concise here. Now, if the, if the, if the rat's opponent never dropped their level... The rat would have never achieved, would have never upped their level either. Now, if the if the opponent ups their level, they win. If the rat's opponent goes from an eight to an eight and a half or nine even, then the rat has no chance, no chance. Why? Because they can only increase their level if they see their opponent struggling, and and their opponent, in this case, they're doing the opposite. They improved. They took it up a level. These are rats. They they thrive off like when when you la like when they see your energy drop, like that f feeds them energy. You know what I mean? It's so weird. It's so sick. I I really don't know how to explain it. Like when and only when they see you struggle, that's when they can start playing better. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that they maintain their level. They play better than they were before and notice you are now playing worse so like the 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 we were even it's not just that you your opponent decreased but you also up to your level so like now there's there's quite 
a margin between your levels. And then the rat front runs, and then you probably struggle even more, because you're like, what the fuck is this? And then the rat looks so good, and people talk about the rat, be like, this rat is so good. Um... And look, I, I did say I'm going to try to be as unbiased as I can. Iga Schweitzek in the first set did not play great. A lot of nerves, looked shaky. Her serve was not very promising. Not Wasn't giving uh, world number one vibes at all. Uh, and Andrescu was, was not only hanging in there, but... Like, this was really close. Could have went either way, and it went Iga's way. In the end. Now to start the second set. Iga. And, and look. I'm not being unbiased here. You can go back. Watch the video. Go on YouTube. If you remember. If you recorded the match. If you watch a replay somewhere. Um, you can go back. And, and, and confirm this. I don't forget these things. Iga to start the second set. Nothing special. She was playing. Just as she was in the first. Same level. Notice a rat, their level changes, uh, their level doesn't change. It remains the same. Andres could start the second set, her level dropped quite significantly. As soon as Iga picked up on that, 2015 Serena Williams instantly. And that explains the 6 love scoreline. Ego was hitting shots uh, and winners and, and making returns that she, ha she didn't hit all day. Just to note, and it was clear that Andrisco had sort of given up and packed it in. Some of the outrage today on Twitter was like, if Iga plays like how she played in the second set today, I truly think she will never lose a match again. And I, I did read that. I did read that today on the timeline. Um, but what does that mean? If Iga plays like she did in the second set today... She'll never lose a match again. If we go back to what I was saying, if Iga... If Iga like the second set, she only played like that because Andrescu faded. And I'm not saying she was doing the same shit she did in the first set, but Andrisko just sort of stopped playing. I'm saying Andrisko stopped playing, and in turn, Iga Swiatek was doing some unreal shit and playing at a much higher level than she did in the first set. And it's truly reflected in the scoreline. Like, seriously. First set, they were neck and neck. Uh, Bianca fades away in, in the second set. Iga, Iga's level shoots all the way up. 2015, Serena Williams. It's real shit. Now, let's say um, Iga's opponent did not fade away in the second set. Does she herself play that good? Forget about her opponent. Forget about what her opponent's doing and their level. Does Iga play that well if her opponent does not tank? No, absolutely not. And why does that matter? I'm. I just want you to understand what you're seeing. Because quite frankly, it doesn't matter. Uh, Ego won in the end. The score actually doesn't even matter. Ego won. 
the players that Iga has struggled against and lost to, and excuse my language, and, and this is probably something, I mean, that I don't really like to, to, to talk about, uh, but certainly people in the media and da 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 don't talk about it at all or address or even use any, any of these words. Um, and I don't know why. But here we go. I'm going to talk about it. Iga's opponents uh, that she has struggled with in the past are all boss-ass bitches. Bad bitch energy. They're not like little girls. They're... And and this this might be a little cringe, but they're... Um, how do you say this? They're... You know, like the Joker, the meme, like, oh, I'm a strong, independent black woman. You know what I mean? It's sort of that kind of vibe or energy without, like, the sarcasm or, or like, the um, the meme undertone to it. I don't know how to explain this really well. But no, uh, players Shvitek has struggled against, Ostapenko, Collins, Muguruza, and at times today, Andriska, what do they all have in common? They all have this, like bad bitch energy about them like they're they're ni nasty feisty women themselves and not even their tennis i'm just saying them like ostapenko daniel collins uh muguruta andriscu they're not sweethearts you know what i mean they're not they're not like iga you know they're not that sort of uh, they're not like quirky or awkward or or a, like a sellout or a poster child or anything like that um, if anything, they're probably not role models because of how maybe hot-tempered or ill-mannered they may be sometimes. But that's just uh, their personalities as as people, as uh, humans, not as players. You know what I mean? As 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 women, these are other uh, personalities. And and one of the reasons why I think it's not that ego struggles with them; it's that these uh, types of women aren't really scared of her. You know what I mean? Like, like, like a boss-ass bitch. She's not worried about nothing, right? I mean, she's certainly not worried about a about bad girl ego. Gender in a in a in a, in a not. I'm not saying as a player or like on a tennis court. You know what I mean? I'm I'm talking in a very probably more social. I know this is probably why this is unmentioned in sport, or or even I myself don't really like to talk about it, but. Um, you can, you can like sort of tell a lot about these women, about their personalities and who they are as people, uh, and don't forget at the end of the day, uh, these are human beings and regular people, not robots, just like us. They're just really good at tennis. That's probably the only difference. So girls like Iga, girls, uh, sorry, girls like Bianca, girls like Ostapenko, Muguruza, Collins, they're not really scared of anyone. And that's a big advantage when you play against Iga, because a lot of what's scary is playing against Iga is like the noise, you know what I mean? Like, it's what you hear, it's like what they tell you about her. Well, number one this, well, number one that, you know, Iga, 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 Iga. You know, I mean, Bianca doesn't give a fuck. I, I know Daniel Collins didn't give a fuck when she beat Iga in the Australian Open. Um, I know Ostapenko did not give one shit about Iga Schweitzek when she whooped her in Dubai in front of every obnoxious uh, Polish person in the crowd. 
Okay, Mogrutha and Guadalajara. Mogrutha and Dubai last year. Um, I feel like that's really who it, it, it takes that sort of. Like, Kasatkina is, like, not gonna beat Ego. You know what I mean? Um, and this goes back to a lot of things I said in the past that I don't want to get into, but... I'm gonna just leave it there. I'm gonna just leave it there. We'll talk about Ego another day. But that is not even what I what I wanted to talk to uh, about. So, one of, one of my followers on Twitter and the listener of The Safe Space raised the question he asked... So on the men's tour, um, I can think of an example of a player that fights for every point and never gives up. He's just a warrior through and through every day. Um, you know, every day, every match, every week, every tournament, whatever. Um, he'll show up and play and fight for every point all the way until the end. Um, and that person, in, 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 uh, in this listener's opinion... Uh, Zarefa Nadal, I disagreed because I thought he tanked yesterday against Shapovalov, but that's besides the point. And then he asked me, like, in the women, like, in the women's tour, is there anyone like that? I mean, Ash Barty, he mentioned, but, you know, Ash Barty is, is not really on the tour anymore. So, is there anyone like that? And he raised that question watching Andrescu tank, because uh, at, at some point you can kind of tell she was not really fighting for every point. She wasn't playing or battling until the last point she kind of you know threw in the towel and packed it in right if i was asked this question maybe like a month or two ago i would have said muguruza um but lately i've seen muguruza tank quite frankly these days men and women i've seen everyone tank and and that's why like i just said i saw an adult tank uh last night against shapovalov in the third set like, I'm sorry if you disagree and, 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 and you'll tell me about his foot injury, but I feel like everyone's tanking these days. I really don't know what's good. Uh, tennis, in that regard, has changed a lot with just the tanking, the throwing, the choking. And and it's, star it's starting to sort of, um, sort of give a bad reputation to the sport amongst sort of... Not casuals, but like newcomers or people who sort of like tune into tennis from other sports who especially bet it. And it's like, well, like, this shit happens a lot more than you'd expect. You know what I mean? Like in basketball, like giving up a 25-point lead, it doesn't happen every night. It doesn't happen twice a day in the regular season, right? And then tennis, man, feels like a very regular occurrence. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it, it's definitely not something ex uncommon or extraordinary. Like, like wow, like she lost. And, and we didn't even talk about Sakari or Jabor yet. You know what I mean? And like tanks, throws, chokes. Um, You know what I mean? Is there anyone you can think of, and this is not rhetorical, like I'm, I'm actually asking you this, you can think about it, uh, an answer for yourself, you can you can DM me and, and let me know. Um, I don't know, is there anyone that fights for every point still? Honestly, I no. I, I, I've seen, I feel like I've seen everyone give up at some points these days. Like in the past couple months. Definitely on clay season. I feel like a lot of people. A lot of people are just packing it in early. 
But that's an interesting one. Probably other than Ash Barty. Um, and maybe that's just a, 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 a very oversold narrative about the women's tour. Um, they choke, they throw. I mean, it's true. Like, I'm not denying it. I'm not saying that these uh, women are very honorable or, or sort of dedicated to the point where they fight for every point till the last point, right? You know, the beauty, the beauty of tennis is that unlike a basketball game, for example, like in a basketball game, if you're down 25 and there's like 40 seconds left, like there is no way you can win. You know what I mean? Like if you're down 25 with like two minutes left, it's very unlikely, very like almost impossible. Actually, probably is impossible that you win down 25 in basketball if there's two minutes left. Football, same thing. If you're down, I mean, uh, if you're down three touchdowns and there's like f 27 seconds left on the clock, you have like one timeout, it's very unlikely you're going to win. I mean, you can try, but it's it's still very unlikely you'll win, right? The thing about tennis is that there is no clock. It's just score. So like, even if it's 6 love, 5 love, 40 love. Like, you can still come back, you know what I mean? If there's still a point to be played in tennis, that means you haven't lost yet. You know what I mean? Like, if someone goes up to the line to serve, it means the match is not finished yet, and you can still win, no matter uh, which player you are or what the score is, right? That's honestly the beauty of tennis. And Ons Jabor or Maria Sakri, I mean, depends who you ask. You can ask both. They can tell you all about it from today. Um, and baseball is kind of the same way, right? I mean, baseball, there is no clock. It's just outs. Um, if you're down, like, 15 runs in the bottom of the ninth with two outs, um, you're down 15 runs, bottom ninth, uh, two outs, you can still win. You know, if the, if, if the pitcher still has to throw a pitch, that means the, the, the baseball game is not over. Right? Doesn't matter if you're down 27 runs and it's bottom ninth and fucking two away already, two gone already. You're down to your last out. Two strikes, 0-2 count. You can still win, right? That's the thing with tennis. And I th and I doubt that people are motivated like that from, from sort of how I make it sound. But there's a lot of choking and throwing and just packing it in early. Yesterday, Jabor, yesterday when I came to sort of preview Jabor Sakari, I said, well, this is great. Um, this makes my life so much easier. I don't have to spend any time talking about this. And I didn't, even though I did bet it. Uh, I did bet it, and I, and I did watch it. And I probably was going to watch it, even if I didn't bet it. But I did bet it, and I had a feeling I'd lose by default. Because, like, when you bet a match like that, or when I... Like, specifically bet a match like that, I expect to lose because it's nonsense that though these players. Jabor and Sakari was almost as bad as Bedosa or Kasatkina. Which match was worse, I honestly couldn't tell you. Depends how you look at the match. You know what I mean? Um, Bedosa, Kasatkina, or Jabor, Sakari, which. I mean, those four players are just. You know? 
But Jabor doing, was doing some very heavy tanking to start the match. Just throwing low level, uh, bad vibes, bad body language, missing a lot. Sakri doing nothing special other than her very obnoxious roars in Greek. She says, Pame! Like that. And it's very obnoxious, actually. If I was her opponent, I'd do everything in my power to, to, to get us to get home as quick as I can, even if that included tanking. Like, I would gladly tank and, and lose every point and just stand there and, and take uh, unsportsmanlike penalties or whatever, I'd get fined, just so I can leave and not look at uh, Sakari scream uh, and flex her muscles for, for any more than two minutes. It's very obnoxious. And the thing is, she does it because she needs to. Otherwise, she she won't have confidence. And she needs every bit of that to get her going because her tennis is just simply not good enough to get her over the line. And that's why she resorts to what I like to call extracurricular... Uh, oh, wow. Extracurriculars. Which is the very obnoxious, loud, unnecessary, excessive roar, fist pumps. And I mean... Similar to, you know, how I say it for Bedosa, it's like 15 all, 1-1, one, one. Like, like one game all in the first set, 15 all. And she wins a point off and on, on force error, and she's doing backflips on the court, screaming and shit. She needs that, she needs to do that to get going. Because if she doesn't, her tennis is unfortunately not enough to get it done. So she needs to piss off her opponent, she needs to be obnoxious, she needs to get under their skin, distract them, tilt them, things like that. And this is real shit! If you don't think that, if you think I'm full of shit, then... Uh, I don't know what to tell you. You can't disprove what I'm saying. So, I mean, I can't really prove it either, but... I guess it's just an opinion, huh? Anyway, Sakuri, uh, with the help of Onsa's tanking, Sakuri... Led this match 6-1, 5-2, served for the match, up 6-1, 5-2, 30-love, on serve. She lost the match in three sets. She was 6-1, 5-2, up, 30-love, two points away from a very, very easy, straightforward 6-1, 6-2 win. She was 30-love, up, serving. She got broke. Once held, that's 5-4. Second chance to serve for the match. She got broke. Once held, 6-5. And now she's serving to stay in the set and force a tiebreak. She got broke. Set for Unz. Unz, uh to serve. Start of the uh, deciding set. Unz holds. Sakari's on serve. She gets broke. 3-love. She lost the final set, 6-1. So the over caches, thanks to Sakari or Unz, who should I thank here? Like, who do you think? If, if you had the over here, um, and you won in the end, but at some point it was 6-1-5-2 Sakari, and it, looks like, it looked like it wasn't even going to be close. I mean, over 21 and a half, with a 6-1 first set, you need a third set. Um, and Sakari was 5-2, 30-love up. And we got that. Who do I thank there? Seriously, like if I want to write a, a like a thank you letter, do I thank Unz? Or do I thank Zachary? Honestly, I think I thank Zachary. 
I mean, yeah, Uns did got there for me, you know what I mean? Like, she won the set, and that, that ultimately did it for me. But I think I have to say thank you to Zachary for being so shit, incompetent, unprofessional. Um, there's a lot of very other colorful adjectives I could use, but... Um, I mean, that's really pathetic. And look, these are two top 10 players, mind you. And you know what? This sort of match, like the way it played out, the scoreline, the sequence, it's like, yes, it's still surprising, but I'm not surprised. You know what I mean? Like, I almost expect something like this when, when these players play. They're so bad. They're actually so bad. Jabor, Zachary, Bedosa, Kasatkina, they're, they're terrible. They're terrible, and Bedosa and 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 Zachary are top ten players. How? Like like people are are accused and cancelled and and uh, sort of defamed for being scammers and stealing careers and making a living out of cheating and lying and scamming. Isn't that? Isn't that what Bedosa and Sakuri are doing? Like, look, Sakuri got paid for her performance today. Like, that's her at work. That's basically her at her workplace. Imagine you did what Sakuri did today at your workplace. At your office, at wherever you're employed or whatever you do for work. Imagine you put in that sort of effort and, and displayed that level of competence and, and put in a performance similar to what Sakri did today. Would you get away with it or no? And look, you, you, could, you could think that I'm trying to make jokes here. I'm really not. Like, Sakri is going to get away with this. And, and the thing, it's not only get away with this, no one's even going to bring it up or question it or even talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to be like, wait, how is Zachary a professional tennis player? No one's going to ask that. And I, I don't really know why. And I think she's just that good of a scammer. Like, she's fooled a lot of people into believing that she's a professional tennis player. And that she's good. She has fans and shit. By the way, next week, Zachary defends the biggest title of her career. In Rabat, Morocco, it's a 250. Mm -hmm. Bad news for her, honestly. You know, for the women, sort of unlike the men's, uh, the top players, they don't really play 250s. Um, like 250s, like you, you get like the... Maybe like the best player there is like Sori Kirstea or Kudermetova. Maybe like these are like, you know what I mean? Like you don't see no Rublev or Djokovic at 250s. Um, or in, sorry, in the, in, in, the, in the men's, you like Djokovic plays a couple 250s. Kasper Ruud, that's all he wins. Um, Rublev, like he made a couple appearances at them. Um, but for the women, no. Like you would never catch... Uh, a top 10 or even a top 20 player at a 250. 
Uh, but Sakri is making a trip there to defend her points, to defend her title. Um, and she probably expected it'll be easy going. She gets uh, Moguruta is making that trip down to Morocco with her uh, as a wild card. How about that? That'll be interesting. Moguruta and Sakari, um two top ten players that are in dire form. One one's a scammer. One's legit. Just maybe washed or, or a bit finished. Moguruta. Um, going to play at 250, that's really interesting. Generally speaking, in the WTA Tour, you don't really see that. Like I said, at a, at a 250, like the best couple players there are like Haddad Mayak, uh, Osorio Serrano, maybe Sori Kirstea, maybe someone like Kalanina, you know? That's... These are like the best players there, the f sort of the favorites. So that'll certainly be interesting. Sakri, I, I... I mean, that's really bad. That speaks a lot about Sakri. Uns Jabur honestly looked tired. Um, and sort of fed up. You sh you sort of have... You sh wow, you sort of have a much shorter... Um, temper or fuse uh, when you played as much tennis as Uns Jabur and, and Jilly Teichman have. Um... Jesse Pagula, Alexandrova, those girls have probably played the most tennis if you look at Charleston, uh, Madrid. Uh, Teichman, Pagula, Alexandrova are all out of here and Jabor is actually back into the semis uh, thanks to Zachary. The final match, the final women's match, the final women's quarterfinal, Jilly Teichman versus Cassid Kina. Uh, now Cassid Kina here this week um, beat Bedosa. I think Zidancek, Leila, or was that Madrid? Yeah, so here in Rome, she beat Zidancek, Leila, Fernandez, and then Bedosa. In Madrid, she beat Anna Bondar, Sakari, and then lost to Suribes Turmo. By the way, Sakari lost to Kasatkina, too. Who lost? Who then lost to Suribes Turmo. I mean, my, that is really bad for all of those players. Wow. Anyway, so this week in Rome, Kasatkina beat Zidancek, Leila Fernandez, and Bedosa. Decent run. Decent run. Uh, Jilly Teichman uh, looked a little bit tired, My only, uh, but I wasn't really worried about that. Um, Jilly Teichman, honestly, she fights. Uh, you know what? To go back to the question, Jilly Teichman, I think, really, truly fights for every point in every match. I think Jill Teichman, I've never actually seen her tank, ever. Ever, ever, ever. I've actually never seen her tank. Um, maybe this is like recency bias, but but truly, I've never seen her tank before. Um, but anyway, um, Castle Kina did some ratty things uh, to explain once she saw Jill Teichman uh, tired and hurt. Castle Kina, 2015, Serena Williams, she turned into. Uh, Teichman retired, uh, clearly uh, wasn't physically up to snuff, wasn't at her best, probably wasn't feeling good, probably wasn't tired. But my only reservation today, um, which didn't hold me back, but my only sort of worry about Teichman was her and the night session. She uh, hasn't played at night, doesn't like playing at night, uh, prefers to play, w prefers playing with the sun up. Um, at the start of the match, the sun was up, but it was sort of around sunset that they started playing. 
um, I think midway through the, the first set, that's when it got dark. Um, and Teichman, if you recall, uh, all week she's been playing first up, which is the slot that Sabalenka has also been playing in, that Sabalenka got today. Teichman today got a night sesh. Kasatkina all week has been playing in the night sesh, so that was probably the only thing um, that scared me, but it didn't in the end. I wasn't really phased. Um, you can say that it's lucky that uh, Teichman retired. Are you saying that like if Teichman... If anything, I would have been unlucky if she didn't retire because if she wasn't feeling well, like she would have lost, obviously. But if she wasn't injured and if she was fresh and 100%, then, well, yeah, I, I actually wouldn't be lucky that she retired either because she'd have won for me. I'm so confident in that. So, haters, you can sort of miss me with that shit, please. You know what I mean? Like, how can you say you're so lucky she retired? Because actually, if she didn't retire, then I'm super unlucky because, like, clearly you're not fit to play and then you're going to go on to lose. But then, like, if retiring is not necessary, it's because you're fit. And if you're fit, then you'll probably win, right? It's just weird, man. Haters, haters really just say some things, man. They really do say some shit. And look, I hate a lot. I complain a lot. But nothing I say is, like, like stupid or, like, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's not, like, even if it's stupid, like, at least it's thought out. Like, I, I at least I think before I speak. And if you, if you don't, if you find that hard to believe, then that's really offensive, but it's okay. Um, but I feel like some people, like, say shit and, and they're not really thinking. They just sort of blindly hate. I hate quite a lot on a lot of things, but it's not blind, and it's not without thinking either. Um, but yeah, those are the those were the quarterfinals today in Rome. Um, so tomorrow we have Sabalenka versus Ego again, and Jabor versus Kasatkina. So it's like one semifinal. Of like real players and one that's just like like fake players because by the way if it wasn't gonna be Jabor it would have been Sakari and if it wasn't Kasatkina yeah it could have been Teichman but it also could have been Bedosa so it just feels like this sort of semi-final was destined to be between uh, frauds and scammers and the other one were like Sabalenka, Nisimova, Shvaitek, Andriscu, potentially Pagula, Bencic. These are real tennis players. It's so interesting how the how the draw plays out like that, really. So yeah, those are the two semifinals that are set for tomorrow. Sabalenka, Iga, uh, and then Jabori Kasatkino. Before we get into that, let's look at the men's super fast. Um... As expected, very quietly, Zverev stays on winning. He's through to another semifinal. And it's another semifinal where he faces uh, Tsitsipas. That makes it three out of three Masters 1000 semifinals where Tsitsipas and Zverev uh, faced each other. Monte Carlo, Madrid, and Rome. Back to back. Uh, Tsitsipas won in Monte Carlo, Zverev won in Madrid. And now I guess this is the 
the best of three of the best of threes. Uh, really interesting, actually. Uh, spoiler alert, yeah, Tsitsipas won. He beat Yannick Sinner. Uh, Yannick Sinner, after a very closely contested, tense, long first set, he folded in the second. Uh, this trend has been going on for weeks. Uh, Tsitsipas was always going to beat Sinner. Uh, Tsitsipas owns Sinner. Sinner is his dog. Sinner, that scrawny kid, almost. I mean, he... Look, Carlitos isn't a kid, but I'm prepared to call Yannick Sinner a kid. He's just... I don't know, man. Really doesn't excite me, and I, and I really don't see it in him. Uh, Shapovalov Rude was probably, honestly, the best match of the day. Um, I'm not sure a lot of people watched it, um, but it was pretty good. Um... On paper, it was probably like the least interesting match because it didn't feature at least one uh, big attractive name um, like Djokovic in that one match. And then, you know, Tsitsipas Sinner in Rome is like whatever, uh, a big deal. And then Zverev, even though he's against the waste man, but it's like Zverev, Shabvalov Rude, it's kind of like a eh, throwaway. But honestly, it was a pretty good match and it was really close, really closely contested. And it was good to see Shabvalov didn't sort of bend over and die after a super close uh, first set with no breaks. Um, honestly, yeah, if this was the woman, it's very possible to see a 7-6-6 love here. Oh, wait, we actually did see that today. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, but yeah, no good win for Rude. Honestly, um, I don't know how, but he did play well today. Um, I feel like he... This is like his sort of level, like... Like this, like B tier or like B plus tier of players that he belongs in, he does well against those players in the same category as him. But if you put him against the Carlitos or a Djokovic, he, he chokes on a fat one. Like you give him Zverev, even you know you give him an A and A minus tier player, he'll choke. But against B B plus players, he's he's the best amongst them, and he he plays like two. That's an interesting about Casper. That's an interesting thing about Casparu. That's why he has won a handful of 250s. Shapovalov, honestly, hats off to him. Decent week. Um, had some had some pretty good wins, I think. Sonego, um, was it Basilashvili? I think um, Nadal. I mean, yeah. Good stuff from Shapo, Shapovalov. I like him a lot. I'm, I'm a, I'm a sucker for one-handed backhands, and as far as the young Canadians go, he certainly excites me more than uh, Felix. Speaking of Felix, Felix versus Djokovic. This was a really weird one that just wrapped up. Um, Djokovic, the only so he got broken twice. So Djokovic won seven five seven six. He won in straights. Um, and the only times he got broken when he was serving for each set. So served for this first set at 5-3, got broke. Served for the second set at 5-3 and the match. Uh, served for the second set and the match at 5-3, got broke. Um, really interesting. He actually had a match point up 7-5-5-2. He had a match point in the return game. Uh, didn't convert. So Felix held for 3-5, for and then Djokovic got broke serving for the set and match. 
again. Really weird. Okay, so now it's a preview of the four semifinals that we have tomorrow. Two men's, two women's. Um, the women's semifinal, my goodness. Sabalenko versus Iga Swiatek. Now, these two met in the Stuttgart final not too long ago, and um, Iga made light work of Sabalenka, and Sabalenka, you know, up until that... Uh, up until that point uh, during that tournament, uh, she was looking pretty good, honestly, Sabalenka. Um, and Iga, not so much. Radukanu 6-4, 6-4. a 3-set win, really close. I mean, seeing Iga drop a set these days makes you go like, wow, and then she drops one against Samsonova, and then she was playing Sabalenka at the final, and I was like, oh. I think that day, Sabalenka was plus three and a half, like plus 190, plus 200. Uh, today, this time, Sabalenka is plus five and a half, uh, plus 420. You can argue that Sabalenka is looking just as good as she did in Stuttgart, if not better. And I don't think you can say Iga Swiatek looks any better than she did in Stuttgart, even though in Stuttgart she did not look that great. But yeah, she stays winning, she stays covering um, these ridiculous numbers. Um, last two meetings against Sabalenka... Um, was it Stuttgart? I have that. I'm gonna actually look at that. Cause I know they played in Stuttgart, and I know Sabalenka beat uh, beat her. Uh, not Stuttgart, sorry, in Guadalajara in the finals at the end of last year. Um, and I and then Iga beat her in Stuttgart in that final. So yeah, Iga leads the head-to-head -head two and one. Oh, that's Doha. That's right. Um, Doha. That was when. Iga won her first of many titles. Um. Yeah, so this girl Iga, she's won 3,000 level tournaments in a row. Doha. Indian Wells, Miami. Yeah, that's really incredible. That's honestly uh, very impressive. So yeah, she's already beaten Sabalenka twice this year. 6-2, six, 6-3. Six, in Doha on a hard court and 6262 in the Stuttgart final on clay, indoor clay. Um, and Sabalenka's one win was at the end of last year in November in the, at the WTA finals in Guadalajara. Um, Sabalenka beat uh, Iga from a set down. Um, you know what my pick's gonna be, but just like my thoughts, like. You just gotta believe. You just got like I have to believe. Um, I'm not gonna stop fading ego. These these prices are ridiculous, and even if I'm stripping myself, I'm stripping all the emotions and bias and all that away from me. You know damn well that there's no value betting on ego these days. But she still covers safe. Like like you you fade her and you lose. That means she's covering. So like what do you what do you mean? I mean like there's just no value. You know these lines are inflated. Like yeah, she covers them, but today it took a miracle to cover five and a half against Adrisco. A miracle. 
Like, if Andrisco was a little bit better in the first set, she could have won the set, won the match, probably covered with ease, and honestly would have had a good chance to not only win the first set, but, you know, to, to go for the win, to go to, to win the damn match. Um... And I don't know, man, Sabalenka, it's like that look, I'm sort of kind of seeing it uh, today, the serving and, and the nerves uh, a little bit worse than against Pagula and uh, the Zangbanger in the first round. Um, but no, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to stop now. There's no way. There's no way. If you bet Iga, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, minus five and a half is a lot against Sabalenka. And I know, and I'm telling you right now, Sabalenka on her day beats Iga Swiatek with ease. Sabalenka on her day beat Ash Barty a couple times. Please don't forget. Please. Ons Jabor, Kasatkina. I'm going to do something I've never done before, and I'm going to bet on Kasatkina. Honestly, she's looked pretty good, and, and these conditions suit her, and she is playing an, another night session. Uh, and and in the cooler conditions and that that sort of environment, really, uh, she looks good. Honestly, playing there, Ons Jabor tapped the fuck out, and I think there's a huge overreaction, and I think it's it's sort of baked into this line about her remarkable comeback today against Maria Sakkari. I I don't think they, you know, like it's. I mean, you can't give Ons Jabor credit for Maria Sakkari choking on a fat cock. Maria Sacri did all the work there, choking on the fat cock, you know what I mean? So... And yeah, uh, it was was the Teichman retirement today a little bit lucky? I mean, maybe, honestly, as, as Ka I don't know, really. Um, but Onsjabur surely must be tired. Um, surely, like, isn't at her best. And this isn't a, a, a minus 110 line where you can sort of um you know bet uns despite you know how tired she might be you're getting plus four and a four and a half games for Kasatkina and plus 230 so I'm gonna gladly take that and I'm also gonna uh bet Kasatkina and Sabalenko money line in a parlay uh so that's plus 230 Kasatkina and plus 420 uh Sabalenka in a parlay that's plus 1600 so 100, 100 on that wins you uh, 1,600. 1,600. If you bet 20, that wins you 320. And honestly, that's pretty good. I think they both win. Kasatkina and Sabalenka. We can uh, come back here tomorrow and talk about it. Both of these players, honestly, are ridicu ridiculously priced. I mean... Sabalenka and Svojtek, I understand that that is not a 50-50 and, and, and it's fair to, to price Iga as a favorite, but not like this. You gotta understand, just because the player you think like should win, is, is likely to win, should be, should be favorited, doesn't mean that the line they give is fair or justifiable. Like, yeah, Iga should win, probably will win, uh, should be favorite to win, but not like this. And you shouldn't bet it just based on that thinking alone.
casted Kina Jabur, honestly, I'm having a very tough time convincing myself that this is not a 50-50. That could literally go either way. I just want to clarify that I think this should be a 50-50 game, meaning minus 110 or a pick'em for each player. And in that case, I would have bet uns. You know what I mean? This is this is sort of a situation where, yeah, I sort of kind of am betting the number. Which I don't usually, I'm not usually an advocate for that sort of mentality or approach. Um, but yeah, in this case, I am betting the number. Uh, if this was uh, a 50-50, which I think it should be, I would bet once at minus 110. But at plus 235, Kasatkina is worth a play, I think, 100%. And you're you're getting plus four and a half games for a player that uh, sh should be a fifty-fifty for. So that alone, I think, is a steal. By the way, my energy is a little bit low today, but if if Sabalenka wins tomorrow and beats Ego, I'm probably gonna take uh, a day off from the podcast for your sake. Like, for you, I'm not going to come online tomorrow and, and, and talk about the match. Seriously. Because um, I will sing. I'll probably sing for two hours. I won't, I won't do anything else. I'll just sing. Like, I will sing. And I don't think anyone really wants to hear me sing. For the men's tomorrow, you know, the inevitable Tsitsipas versus Verv uh, matchup. Uh, like I told you, this is their third straight clay Masters 1000 semifinal where they meet. Uh, Monte Carlo Tsitsipas won, Zverev uh, won in Madrid. And I guess this is the, the best of three for the uh, clay Masters 1000 uh, semifinal series that they're playing. Um actually tell, speaks a lot about um, how well they're both playing and how just the sort of the rest of the tour just aren't close. Like these truly are the best players. Um, Tsitsipas, Verov, Djokovic. I don't know what Kasparut is doing here. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, really. I mean, that could have been Nadal, by the way. If Nadal beat Shapovalov um, and Nadal would have had to beat Kasparut also, um, I would have loved to see... Um, Nadal Djokovic and, and Tsitsipas Verev. I feel like Tsitsipas Verev, you know, they're in the same class, same generation, same era, um, same sort of level. I think that is a potential rivalry for the future. I mean, it already is. Uh, sort of, kind of. Uh, Rublev, Medvedev also in the mix. Um, but yeah, so it would have been nice to see a semi-final of like the, you know, the the next gen or, or, you know, the new boys, Tsitsipas Verev, and, you know, the, the old heads, uh, Djokovic and Nadal, the goats. Uh, but unfortunately, Nadal's a bum, and unlike uh, Novak, he lost a young Canadian. Uh, Novak, he played against a young Canadian and beat him in straights. Uh, I mean, I guess that's just the difference. Anyway, uh, Tsitsipas Verev, uh, when they played in Madrid, um, Zverev was plus two and a half, plus 160. Um, for this meeting, Zverev is plus 2, plus 135. Over-under is the same. When they played in Madrid, I played the over 22.5, um, and it won. 
Uh, Zverev won in three sets, I believe. He won from a set down. Uh, I'm going to do that again. I'm just going to bet the over. Tsitsipas is absolutely not worth a bet uh, at minus 160. I think that's just way, 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 way too much. And I don't know why he'd be uh, priced like that. I mean, surely you can't be putting that much stock into his win versus Sinner. Um, and I know Zverev, Zverev has sort of faced baby food um, thus far. You know, Sabita Baez, Di Menor, Christian Garin. I mean, those aren't uh, any, you know, mind-blowing opponents. Uh, for Tsitsipas, mostly the same. I mean, Yannick Sinner and, and Rome. I, I mean, I hope people aren't making a big deal about that. I mean, in my eyes, I think that was very, uh, that was to be expected. Um, and honestly, not only do I think this should be a 50-50, but I, I kind of do favor Zverev, um, when they play. And I think Zverev, honestly, is playing a little bit better, um, for real. And last but not least for tomorrow, uh, Novak Djokovic versus Kasper Ruud. Uh, I'm surprised there are lines up for this already since the match just concluded maybe like 30 to 40 minutes ago. Um, I mean, Novak Djokovic is minus 4.5 again. He was minus 4.5 against Felix. He didn't cover. Kasper Ruud is a lot better than Felix. Yeah, Felix played pretty good. Um, but Kasper Ruud has been doing alright as well. I mean, even though sort of kind of playing no names um, I don't know this is a lot trickier um, the Novak 2-0 is once again really expensive minus 160 um, I might recommend something that I never do but a lot of uh, cheesy tennis betters like to do um, let's see I'm putting in Novak minus one and a half sets versus, uh, and Zverev plus one and a half set um, in a parlay. It plays plus 142. So Zverev to win a set and Djokovic in straights. In a parlay is plus 142. Super cheesy stuff. Um, but as far as a straight bet in the, in the Djokovic... Uh, Casper Ruud match. Uh, honestly, honestly, honestly. Um, I kind of like I kind of like the over or Casper Ruud games. I mean, I would not bet it, but honestly, like gun to my head, I would bet Casper Ruud plus four and a half or the games. I don't think Casper Ruud wins, and like I just told you, I think Novak wins in straights, but I think it will be. Um, like a 6-4, 6-4, 6-4, 7-5, uh, like a 7-6, seven, 6-4, six, six, something like that. So over and and root covers, I think. But I don't think Djokovic drops the set. I, I, I really don't see that uh, happening. Um, and it's very possible that, that, that Novak shits on him. So really, I don't know. This is a bit of a tricky one. Uh, Novak kind of topsy-turvy, like, he's not, it's not that he's hit and miss, it's just, like, he's playing well, and he's up for it, and I think he's, he's, sh he's looking sharp, as he once was, obviously not a hundred percent, but not as bad as, you know, like, his f first couple matches back, I mean, he's come a long way, and he's 
closer to being his usual 100% self than he was at the start. Um, but still, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Felix did honestly play great today. And, I, I, and it, 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 that was very unexpected. And it's hard to expect Casper Ruud to play as well as Felix did. But I don't know. I, I really don't know what to make of it. It's a tricky one. Looks like Novak will be through to the final versus Tsitsipas and Z or, or Zverev. And that should be very good. And that's the thing with the men's at this stage of the tournament. It's always good. It's always good. The players there are good. They'll play. The matches will be good. You know what I mean? It's a treat. It's a delight. And and yeah, like obviously men are better players than women. Uh, that's not sexist or anything. I think that's clear. Uh, I mean, obviously and. You know, when you watch men's tennis, when you watch, like, professional tennis, you expect to see the best. And this is, uh, these are truly the best players in the world. And it is nice to see. And why I make that point is because in the women's, Ons Jabor and Kasset Kina are playing tomorrow. These are not the best players in the world. You know what I mean? So, there's that. Bucks and six, by the way, and I think the Grizzlies win tonight and win the series uh, in Memphis. Grizzlies and seven, Bucks and six, which is starting in like ten minutes. Um, what's the other series? Dallas and seven. Is that it? Is everything else finished? Yeah, the Heat won yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been the safe space. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, that'll be all for today. Uh, best of luck to us tomorrow. And I'll see you then. Actually, I might not, because I think... if uh, I don't think she's going to win. If Sabalenka wins, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I might. Who knows? Let's see. She'll probably lose. And it'll be sad, because then I'll come on, come on here crying and shit. But, anyways, peace.